This episode of Hammerlock Podcast with Tyson Dukes is brought to you by Hammerlock Apparel. Visit hammerlockapparel.com today. today's episode we head across the pond to talk uk style wrestling and tyson tells a fit family story that includes a questionable french accent it's the world of sport john cortez versus steve gray let's go what's up everybody welcome to the show i'm scotty d here once again another episode of hammerlock podcast with the man that is making old school cool again tyson dukes how you doing man I'm excited. Scotty, I'm very excited today. Today is one of those days that uh, I get to really show people, like everybody's very familiar with North American wrestling. Uh, uh, Japan, Japanese style wrestling has become super popular and trendy lately. Uh, also, NXT UK is very, very popular. But why is NXT UK popular? Why has the, the Pete Dunne and the Tyler Bates and these guys become such a big deal? Today is very exciting because now we're diving into the world of sport. This is the UK's version of professional wrestling. Um, it is uh, very much like the UK, Scotty. We got very much their uh, how they are in life. So they're more, they're more. It seems like a very educated, very proper. Like if you the stereotypes of an Englishman, this is what you're going to get with professional wrestling. Uh, the same way as you have with uh, with boxing, uh, that that type of thing, where there are going to be many rules in place. You're never see anything like it uh again you'll never see that many rules because kids nowadays don't even obey back then you were so structured to a very very heavy rule set and so today today for your viewing pleasure we have world of sport and this is back in 1981 it's john cortez versus steve gray and this is probably one of my like and i say that a lot but it is true because i am picking my i wouldn't pick a match that i hated um it, I only pick the stuff that I really, really enjoy or there's something to learn from. And then, of course, if there's something to learn from, I'm going to enjoy it as well. But this one is a real good one. Real good one to watch. Right on. So if you want to follow along with us, which I hope you do, uh, you can find this match on YouTube. It is called John Cortez versus Steve Gray, World of Sports, 727, 1981. And I'll let everyone kind of get that queued up while we get uh, get ready to go with the watch along here. And um, is it just me? I'm just looking at the first uh, the screenshot here of the of the match. Is it just me, or is that a smaller ring than normal? Tiny. This is one's it? tiny. This is a 16 by 16 bad boy, uh, and that's and, and this is why we'll get into that as well. I love that you notice that right away because it's one of the points later on we're going to go over. But it's great that you've actually. Uh, uh, brought the to everybody's attention right away the ring is going to be smaller because it isn't about high spots it isn't about jumping off the top rope this is about close contact com very combative style wrestling and it just makes for a, a very different system a very uh, uh different feel and it's very it's really nice to watch right on uh so i've got it ready to go i'm assuming you're ready to go as well uh, anything you want to add or can we get jump right into this bad boy 
you know what? Let's like, I'm very excited. So let's dive right in. <laughs> All right. Boy. Let's do it. So we'll count her down and everyone hit play at the same time. So five, four, three, two, one, play. So right away, what you're going to see is uh, they're going to meet in the center. It's, and now if you're listening and you have the commentary on, uh, the commentator uh, is going to be very upset because they've both got short. They, <laughs> their hair is very much the same. Uh, it's short brown hair. They're both wearing black trunks, which is a very big no-no in wrestling um, like back in the day. And even to this day, you shouldn't be wearing the same color as your opponent. Um, you should have, a like we've talked about before, right, Scotty, where you should have some Something where that differentiates you from the other guy. The only thing that you're going to notice is the boots, the silver boots. Steve Gray is going to wear uh, the silver boots. Uh, John Cortez is going to be in all black, black boots, black trunks. Um, one thing you're going to notice, uh, and I want to tell you right now, I'm going to just put that out there. John Cortez is one of my favorites to watch. Uh, when it comes to UK wrestling, uh, John Cortez is my guy. So if I'm watching anybody from any era of uh, the United Kingdom, uh, John Cortez is my guy. Because this dude makes everything uh, not only look very real and very suffocating, like his style is very, very much on you. He'll suffocate you the whole time. Another thing, great thing about uh, John is everything is very precise, as well as Steve Gray. They're both tremendous athletes, tremendous athletes that are very precise. They're like precision wrestling at its best, and you're going to see it here. So right now, as, as, you can, as you're following along, there's like John Cortez is working that head, multiple headlock takeovers. Uh, as you can see, Steve tries to get to his feet the third time. Instead of being taken over, they change it. So they're changing levels all the time. They go down. They come up. It's not just sitting there in a chin lock, which a lot of people would find to be boring. They're not, they're not boring wrestlers. They're, they're guys that are going to keep the action really high paced. This is very much an exhausting style. If you don't think it's exhausting, it is because you're always in close contact. You don't need to run the ropes. You don't need to do leapfrogs to make professional wrestling um, like very exhausting. This is the same kind of stuff as your, your uh, uh, Luthez, your Vern Gagne's, the, all, the, all the classics is all about grabbing holds and holding on to them and trying to hold like everything. Everything is very much, you, you battle for your hold, you battle for your reversals. And it's so great to watch. As you can see, as soon as he reverses out of there, uh, you see that uh, Steve Gray is in, in command right now. He's got a wrist lock. So we've already started to dictate a wee bit of the pace uh, where uh, Steve is going to be working a bit of the wrist for the first little bit and John's going to be working the head. Um, they're going to be – this is what their battle is. So basically that's, that was their battle. That's their strategy. One's going for one, one's going for the other. Great takedown by John Cortez there out of the wrist lock. Goes down his back, uh, grabs a like almost like a float over, almost like a, a fireman's carry, but in a lay down position or an arm drag with reverse. A neat thing to notice too in our sport, a lot of us uh, seem to stay with the, the left side. We work the left side. It's universal. Professional wrestling always works the left. Um, except if you're in Mexico, Mexico works the right. Don't ask me why that tradition is different in Mexico as it is in other places. I always make fun that Mexicans just have to be difficult, but <laughs> it's, it's very true. Um, in Mexico, they work the right side everywhere else, Japan, Europe, um, 
in the United States. Everybody works to the left. Beautiful sunset flip there. As, as you could tell, like I'm saying, it is just about precision. These guys are just like laser point accurate with all their moves and like where they're grabbing, where they're turning, where they're spinning. It's just, it is so much fun to watch. If you guys are enjoying professional wrestling for the grappling side of things, um, these guys, like I know that uh, Johnny Saint and Jim Brakes get a lot of like a lot of hype over there but like these two dudes are tremendous tremendous professional wrestlers um and it's it's a shame that they don't get enough attention so i'm hoping with me and scotty here that we put a little bit of attention and you'll go down the rabbit hole of both steve gray and uh, john cortez so uh, uh yeah so like here we are here we are i lost my point there so i'm just gonna move on <laughs> I love this my point. I just I because they they caught me with good wrestling. And yeah. isn't that what it's all about? Isn't it to be lost in in the in the art of it? Um again, very precise. Like you're gonna see a smothering hold. You know, it's not around the neck, it's around the chin. You see, and this is the stuff that I love that Cortez does the best. See, this is suffocating a human being. I as a professional wrestler myself i watch um i watch these guys wrestle and i think to myself it's like geez when is john going to get off the brain when's it like let him go for god's sakes let's give it a minute you know what's great about this one too is we can actually talk scott because there is in the, the uk for world of sport there were rounds so these are five rounds um they get five rounds uh to get the to try to go for the win uh, they go for pins submissions and knockouts of course you, you win instantly by a knockout um, you can gain uh, a pins for uh, points as well as submissions so it's very much a different style so it doesn't mean that if you pin the guy once uh, is the match over it just means the end of the round Lots of lots of different rules in this. Uh, another good rule from a world of sport is you always have to have body contact. So if you body slam a guy and your hand like slips off him and you lose control or you miss him and he there's open space between you and your opponent, then you have to wait for the count of 10. Even if your opponent's not hurt, he's got to uh, a count of 10 to get up. And then you have to keep your distance. So very much a boxing style way where like once you get a guy gets knocked down, push one guy back to the corner and then they count the guy until he gets up to 10, which is a great is you can't do it anymore. It's absolutely impossible to do anymore. Nobody's going to be able to do that. Like I said, we can't even follow the, the simplest uh, basic professional wrestling rules. We've just turned it into a clown house of activity in there now with dress up and um no no care for the rules at all but back then back in the day a referee would disqualify you if you didn't follow the rules another thing too is these guys are calling this stuff this is more of a call type atmosphere because you have five rounds so they're going by time in the rounds to get their point across to get their story across before they have to have a break and then come back into another round. So to have stuff planned uh, in uh, this kind of scenario isn't going to work. So uh, all, the, all the stuff that you see, all the athleticism, all this stuff is because they're so educated and know what they're doing at all times, know how their opponent's working, know their bodies, know how they move, that they just know instantly where to go, how to feed, how to post, they're just really well-trained, very well-trained. 
And that's I love that's what I love about the UK. They really took their art seriously. They took this to another level of education. Um, because as you can tell, there's been no strikes and has been all professional wrestling, but it is super active professional wrestling. It is wrestling for wrestling's sake, scientific based wrestling, and you're not going to see many strikes. Um, because strikes, if you hit a guy with a strike, that's a legitimate that should take a guy down. Mm-hmm. Super Plus smooth. Wise, yeah, so smooth. Like Scotty, so smooth. Everything they do is going to be smooth. You're not going to see too many things off the ropes, but when they do hit the ropes, they go super hard and super fast. And then when they come off the ropes, it's usually a one thing. It isn't, they don't do ducks and leaf frogs and stuff like that. It's very much to the point, like more reality based, basically. Mm-hmm. Everything looks like a struggle too. It's struggle. And then when they, anything happens, um, when a lock gets broken or whatever, it's just so smooth how they get back into it. Oh, so good. And the, I, there's usually they counter into counters. So they, they let the guy come up. like a, It's almost like a tiny little hope spot where John will work this headlock so bad, and then he'll let Steve reverse out of it, but then he'll take it right back into the chin again. A real great example of a guy that does this nowadays is Zack Sabre Jr. He's your, he's your guy to go to if you're looking for that modern style um how wrestling is but look at this look at this like this head vice it's got a head vice on clips the ears on that scissors you're not supposed to strike a guy when you're down you see the ref admonish steve gray for trying to kick him or just giving him a push kick while uh steve's or john's down on one knee it's just and as you could tell they're getting very aggressive now do you Mm -hmm. notice how their their style is way more aggressive Yep. Uh, than they started out with. So they warmed up like boxing, finding their range, finding the rhythm and all that stuff. And it's the same as boxing or a real fight, like a real fight situation where they don't go hard right away. They try to, they feel the guy out, they find their distance and then they go harder and harder and harder, which is uh, so uh, like, if you, if you guys are like actual avid professional wrestlers, if you're in the game of professional wrestling, you have no idea, or you do have an idea of how hard this can be to uh, quicken this pace and get more body contact and more violent and more explosive in your movements as you're going along in this contest. Is there a good guy, bad guy dynamic here? Is it not, uh, not like that in the UK? It, it is very much – they do have the, the good guy, bad guy. They, uh, Fit Finley. Fit Finley is one of the kings because he he's Irish. So, of course, there's going to be tension between UK and Irish, uh, the Ireland, of course, right? So there was that dynamic. So he was a real heel back then where, uh, like, the f- crowd would hate, hate uh, Fit Finley. Um, <laughs> In this regard, uh, everybody, if you if you watch this uh, with commentary and stuff like that, the way that John Cortez wrestles, not so much his attitude, but his style of wrestling, where it's a little bit more gritty, a little bit more aggressive in a in a snobby type way, um, it's 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 more of a heel. So the fans, if you listen to the crowd when you go back and watch it again, or listen to the crowd, Steve Gray is more of the babyface in this whole contest. And you could tell by like just this like little little things, little subtleties, like uh, John Cortez taking the center and kneeling in the center um, as showing it's not a thing of saying um, it's it's arrogant. He's he's being arrogant and he's overconfident, saying that Steve Gray doesn't have 
anything that uh, like would threaten him. He doesn't need to take a break. As you could tell that uh, Gray took his break and sat in the corner, took his water and all that stuff, took the actual time and respected the fact that he was in the corner. John Cortez does not respect um, the idea of being in his corner and waiting for the round to start. He starts in the center, which is um, that's that's where it starts. People on the first round, you, you'll notice again um, that they're very much for both of them. They're all right with both of them. But now they're getting more. He's getting more aggressive and more arrogant. And then people start to turn on him. It's great professional wrestling. And then, of course, here it is again. <laughs> Do you notice off that, that uh, crucifix where he's held up in the air and he's pulling on the face yeah. and the ref won't count it? That is such great – that's great refereeing. He's not going to count it because you've been ripping out a guy's face. That's illegal. So when he got that crucifix pin, he's not going to count it. He's not going to count it. So then, of course, John's going to complain. And there it is again. Look at him ripping out the face. He's, and, and this is so good. Why don't we have more of this in a pro wrestling uh, where things really matter? Um, there's always contact on the body. And there's Steve getting out of there. Pure, this is just beautiful stuff. Mm. That finger wag by the referee was classic. Classic. Classic <laughs> just like a, no, no. A, a school kid. Like, uh-uh, you're being naughty. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. Because that just adds to the dynamic that uh, Steve Gray's baby face and John Cortez has turned himself into a heel in, in this contest, mm-hmm. which is great. Because you always need a good guy and a bad guy. Professional wrestling doesn't work in the realm of Gray. No matter how many people try to tell you nowadays that professional wrestling is like you can both be tweeners, which means you're not good, you're not bad, you're just in between. That is absolutely false and it's bullshit. You need for professional wrestling to work, you need the elements of good versus evil. This is the way this business works. Otherwise, just go watch MMA. Because if you just want two stories, and even in MMA, it's old professional wrestling now because they get the idea of having a, star- a story and character-based stuff. It's more wrestling than wrestling nowadays. It's actually got it's actually uh, taken over for professional wrestling. Yeah, the uh, yeah the biggest matches are ones that have a real feud, and often when the one guy is seen as the uh, what would you call the bad guy. Yeah, an antagonist. He's yep. the antagonist. He's yep. the one. And they always want the, the guy, uh, the kind-hearted, better one. They want him to be the guy that wins. They want to be the guy. He want, they want him to win. They want a baby face. They want someone to believe that has hope. They want the underdog, underdog struggle. And that always works. Mm-hmm. I love knuckle locks, by the way. The single arm knuckle lock and then the grab and the, uh, how, how he's hyperextending on the elbow is one of my favorite things. I teach this in school uh, a lot at our wrestling school. A lot of this style of professional wrestling where there is a lot of that element where you're really working over a body and you're bending it the wrong way within the parameters of professional wrestling. So it's all about catching hooks. And see, as you can see, referees going to be right on them. And that's the problem, too, is a lot of referees aren't educated enough to be able to do these type of rules anymore either. Because uh, Steve Gray didn't even get to his feet, and John already grabbed his arm. And see how aggressive he is? As soon as he's on his feet, he's going to snap into that hold. It just adds for a lot more drama and a lot more um, – uh, a lot of different ways you can get into stuff. So the guy in the bottom, if he's on his knees, he can spring off and get the offense 
or the guy he can the guy could be the aggressor and wait for that guy to get to his feet and be more aggressive as you saw John Cortez do right there. Mm-hmm. Just great stuff. But this is uh, uh, this was a real education for me. I believe Alex Shelley was the one that kind of turned me on to YouTube when I first because I'm older. So I had no idea what YouTube was when YouTube came out. Uh, and the same as you, Scott, oh, yeah. you're always telling me, hey, you, you should be on these platforms of uh, social media. I'm like, I have no idea what media is. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So he, I'm like, how do you spell it? Is it you and then tube? And then like, yeah, I was a real dummy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was Alex Shelley that actually sent me down the, the rabbit hole of YouTube and learning how to uh, improve on your game. Because if you in this business, uh, can't educate yourself now, get out. You get like, you have the tools nowadays. You don't have to trade tapes anymore. You don't have to spend a whole bunch of money on VHS tapes waiting in the mail. You don't have to send any out as a trade kind of deal. What you have now is the best thing in life. You have internet and internet. You can educate yourself. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't educate ourselves. We just try to put uh, whatever random individual thought we think over instead of going to um, uh, back to the well and learning from the guys that have made this business great. Uh, and this is just a prime example. Of course, we're coming back from another round. It was just, just a, it's more aggressive. It is way more aggressive of this round. You saw at the end of that last round, Steve Gray hits him with a massive form in the head and just a beautiful sell by John. Cause if that was a straight up elbow in the face, when you're having a wrestling contest, it would actually knock you off your feet and leave you a little loopy. Unlike today where we stand there and I'm guilty of it too. Don't get me wrong. I've been guilty of it, but I've learned my ways. I'm learning <laughs> uh, even at this age of like, I'm not just going to stand there and let you elbow me in the face so that I can give you an elbow in the face and wait for you to elbow me in the face. Um, that, that is not realistic. No, like I'm not doing the Russian slap, uh, uh, slap contest. We're not doing any of that stuff. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> And look at that cell. And that right there is the cell. He's working that arm over. He's working that arm over. He's working his arm over. Eventually, he was able to jump over the top of him uh, with the, the help of a good post. He posted over. And look at the cell. That drop kick is like it's, it should be, the way it should be. If a man leaves his feet and kicks you as hard as he can in the face, this should be the result. This is the result of that. Uh, it shouldn't be a drop kick and you stand back up and you hit him with something. The man just took him off his face, like off his feet, kicking him in the face with both feet. Brilliant, by the way. And there he goes again. Goes for the leg, kicks him off again. Now he's going to be dizzy. Now he's desperate. Now he's lurching. You're not seeing the same scientific wrestling that you just saw John Cortez do. He's jumping at him in desperation, trying to get his legs. And of course, John or Steve Gray is completely in control because he's still dazed. Brilliant. And that's another thing. If you're going to be a professional wrestler nowadays and want to bring it back to the way it should be, um, where it looks believable and people get lost in it, because already in this match, we've been calling this match, we've been talking about stuff, and I've already gotten lost twice. I've gotten lost twice in just watching the action. So if you want to be that person, if you want to get better at this and make people believe in your stuff and get lost in it, then uh, uh, find, educate yourself in the elements of pro wrestling, 
actual real amateur wrestling, MMA, boxing. Watch them. Watch how a fight goes down and how they sell accordingly. If you've never been in a fight before, at least you can goddamn well study how, what a real fight looks like mm-hmm. um, and, and then learn to how, how to sell accordingly. Otherwise, I would tell you to get in a fight or like when you go to wrestling school, uh, you let the old school guys put you in actual holds. Somebody asked me the other day about liberties and taking liberties on kids. And uh, there are guys out there that will do and will take liberties on kids. But what veterans do is they're trying to educate. Um, and it's, it's not easy and it's very rough, but it goes away. Eventually you don't have to worry about it anymore. If you're not a snowflake and melt under the pressure, but like there's, you have to be able to realize where this stuff comes from and why you're selling the way you are for a reason or sell properly. If you're flailing all over the place and I got a headlock on and I want you to sell it properly, I'm going to actually squeeze the headlock a bit. I'm not going to try to break your neck, but I'm going to make you very uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable is not a bad thing. Being uncomfortable makes you tougher and makes you stronger. It won't break you. It makes you. So like that. Oh, see that. I love that. I love that wrist. There he goes again. There he goes again. Just that up kick. Got him with that up kick. Got him with that friggin' up kick off that dirty bend of the wrist. Got him with that up kick. So that's what I, I, I tell these kids now is like you, like with everybody, the way they are now, we're very sensitive. Um, we feel as though we're jaded all the time. We feel as though people are after us. People aren't after you. We're not after you. Veterans aren't there to hurt you, uh, just to hurt you and to be bullies with, uh, for the most part. I'm talking about the most part. I'm talking about real professionals that you know. It's about these guys are uh, trying to teach you uh, how to do things properly and to be uncomfortable is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's teaching. Um, as you can tell, the fans are really getting into it because Steve Gray is actually fighting back. There he is a guy in the ropes <laughs> and Gray is like throwing, throwing kicks. He's throwing punches. He's throwing forms in the chest. He's just swinging away. The referees getting in between them saying, Hey, now settle down boys. Um, oh. look at this uh, meeting of the minds as it were. Just this is this is passionate pro wrestling. It's uh, and you can tell by the crowd. If you listen to the crowd, they are. This is a, a English crowd sitting there being uh, excited, and they're an educated crowd. They sit there and they watch, and they're educated by it. So to get reaction out of them is like getting reaction out of a Japanese crowd. It's like it takes mm-hmm. some work, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. <clears throat> yeah, and you talk about reality based all the time. That like confrontation at the end of the round when it was over, that reminds me a hundred percent of modern like MMA. It's legitimate. It yeah. is as legitimate as it gets. Like that's what you would do if a guy cheated before the end of a round. With uh, or, or things got like if a guy yeah. hit you by the end of the bell or right at the bell, you know how angry they get. Yeah, and that it just shows you right there. These guys just do not like each other. And it's just, it's building. It has built from uh, round one, which was in, was a very much a, a square contest. It was back and forth where they broke away and it was clean. And then at the end of this round, look how bad, look at that. Look at the, look at that sunset flip into this pin, into the jackknife pin, floats over the top. Oh my God, this is just, how could you not be into this? Like, how could you not, if you're, <laughs> if you're not, 
if you don't like this, if you don't, if you're not liking this, then you don't belong in what we do. <laughs> if, if you're aspiring to be a pro wrestler and this doesn't turn your crank a little bit in the ways of pro wrestling, then um, I, I'm not saying that you, everybody has to be this, but if you don't appreciate the amount of work and precision and education that these two men have. Stay tuned, folks. We had a minor technical glitch. We will be right back with you. Uh, you're in the wrong industry. If you, if you, and you, sir, are in the wrong field of work, maybe whatever else, because this is, this is brilliance. Uh, this part here, Scotty, is one of my favorite parts of this whole match, and it's so simple. And like all the stuff that we saw, all the, the beauty that we saw to the, uh, the match so far with the great holds and reversals and uh, aggression and selling, I love this part the most. So Steve Gray is very much known for a surfboard. That's where you grab uh, your legs in the back and then you grab his arms and you float to your back and then he's in an upright position. So his belly's in the sky and you're holding him up by his arms and his legs. Um, that is called a surfboard. In this regard, uh, he goes for the surfboard, never catches the surfboard. They work for that surfboard for more than 30 seconds mm -hmm. where he's almost in position to get the surfboard and they never get it. They never get it. And here's the thing. They don't even go back to it. They don't even go back to the surfboard. Um, they just fight for it, fight for it, fight for it. He doesn't get it, and he abandons it because uh, he lets it go because he's not going to get it. Yep. That's such great work. Like, you don't have to always – like, you can go back to the well, but you don't have to get that move. Everybody knows that uh, Steve Gray is known for the surfboard, but the, he, they're not going to let him have it, and that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. No wrist tape, no knee pads. Is that a UK thing or is that just these guys? Uh, that's very much a UK thing too. This is back in the early 80s too. So knee pads isn't really a thing yeah. anywhere, right? It's not really a, uh, a big thing. And okay. even knee pads back then is, is not a, a big deal. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's more like cloth on your knees for uh, rug burn, yeah. basically, or mat burn. Look at this stuff. Look at this monkey flip now. Boom, to his feet. Both of them to their feet on monkey flips. Oh man, that's brilliant! Of course, yeah. Cortez is pissed. And another small audio issue here. If you're watching along, just keep the match playing. Everything's going to resume in about 15 seconds, and we'll all be lined up again. Sorry for the inconvenience. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, this will be the last one of the episodes, so enjoy the rest. Thanks. Uh, into a pan versus into a pan. You notice the ref, that's how he counts it. The way um, I want it to go. Like you can't, it's like so hard to get this level of um, wrestling expertise uh, yeah. and make it work in our today's, because people, I'm not in, in trying to insult anybody, but we're not educated with the rule system as they are here. It takes a long time to be educated. Like these people have grown up watching pro wrestling this way where they're educated to it. So you can't just do one-offs of it while the rest of the crowd or rest of the matches are a different rule set. It just doesn't work, especially with TV being relaxed with rules. It's not going to work. But um, I've tried it a couple times, a couple matches where because I wanted to do it, uh, and it's never gone like this. I've never been able to pull it off. Just because the crowd couldn't get into it, or the, it was just the style didn't work with the guy you're with. Uh, uh, like, w yes, the style didn't really work. 
uh, as much with the guy I was working with because he wasn't really a chain wrestler. Yeah. And secondly, it doesn't. This crowd does not. Uh, uh, doesn't it, it doesn't work for this crowd uh, like a crowd they're not educated to know the rules and understand why i'm not attacking or why i'm not pinning right after yeah. i slam them and stuff like that right okay yeah now it's getting heated now, now yeah. it's getting heated these guys are now real pissed yeah it's good stuff it did work for me though in germany wxw in germany still holds to these type of rules in their uh their um X of what is it ambition tournament so i worked their ambition t- a tournament which is more of a shoot based style wrestling where um it's it's we don't have rounds but we have very much as soon as you're on the ropes you have to break uh there is a 10 10 there's the knockout rule of 10 second knockout rule or 10 count knockout rule stuff like that and uh it's 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 neat it's neat to follow and the fans over there follow the rules and understand the rules and actually get into it which is great because it's uh i love the ambition i loved working for wxw and doing the ambition style rules because wrestling is my my thing so i was into it look at this look at this post knuckle lock into a post he's tripping up his legs notice the turnbuckle comes down so you get <laughs> the corner, yeah. corner man's working it it's a little bit distracting which is great gets him boston crab he breaks away he gets that turnbuckle up in time as he hits the turnbuckle there's, there's a lot of here we go boom and right there do you see that bump we don't see that kind of stuff anymore because we don't use real ropes we use cables but look at that Oh, look at that. We got, we got people in charge. We got uh, officers. St. John's guards. ambulance, yeah. <laughs> you got- Coming in. They're grabbing at him. Yeah. Uh, tremendous bump. Tremendous, like, how he, he was able to work it so he got his leg through the rope and grapevine it through uh, and get it caught up. Because he takes the bump to the floor. Like, if he, if he didn't have that leg hooked, um, he'd be smacking a skull off the concrete because – uh, also legitimate legitimate contest we talked about this before there is no mats on the outside um, it's a straight up contest so at the end of the day um, it is decided that uh, it is a TKO victory for uh, John Cortez uh, via uh, slipping through the ropes and hurting his knee uh, unable to continue the match uh, just that's 29 minutes Basically, 30 minutes of nonstop, athletic, precise, educated, professional wrestling with a competitive style that anybody can get into and really, really enjoy. No need for face paint, no need for streamers, no need for crazy costumes, no need to hit the top rope, no need to dive to the floor. We've done everything in-ring, action-based, beautifully done. Like, just... That's 1981. If you put that match up nowadays, people would be losing their minds. If you do that in 2020, that match was on TV. That would be match of the year because yeah. that was absolutely flawless. And these two dudes, Cortez and Gray, don't get enough credit. I think you were talking about, like, I don't find very much stuff on these guys on Wikipedia and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. you won't. You really won't. They're not. It's been, it's been so long, and they've been gone um, quite, a bit, quite a bit of time. And they didn't have the the rub of being in New Japan, not being like Black Tiger or like any of the guys that went over there. Rollerball Rocco was Black Tiger and stuff like that. So they got a bit of the rub uh, more globally than these guys did. 
Um, so you don't, you don't see, you don't get to see it. And uh, unfortunately, but that's why we have internet. And that's why we have guys like us that really appreciate that type of work and uh, the athleticism of these two guys. And we just want to put that out there. Please go down the rabbit hole of both Cortez and gray Cortez again is one of my absolute favorites from world of sport. You can't go wrong. Any one of his matches is just, uh, it's fun to watch. It's almost infuriating because he's so athletic and so good at what he does. It almost makes you angry. You're just like me, myself, I'm like a little jealous of John <laughs> Cortez because yeah. he's just so goddamn good. That's, yeah. you know, he's just so good. Yeah. No, it's like a, to me, it's just watching as a fan. It's like a blend of uh, MMA amateur wrestling and then with a little bit of what we'd consider modern wrestling thrown in but very little it was more of a it was extremely it looked like a struggle that was just extremely smooth that's kind of how i saw it and that's and then it's that's kind of what pro wrestling should be is it should be it should be competitive it should look the part it should feel real and look real but it should be smoother it should like the the reason that they're planned out um, like you can build some money off of storylines and stuff like that. But the idea of pro wrestling that is lost now, and it is lost probably forever, is that it's reality-based, but it is, it is smoother and looks more eye-appealing. It's a fight that is more eye-appealing without looking choreographed. And it is a very hard mix. I mean, we're talking... We're talking uh, the ultimate thin gray line between looking, uh, looking real and coming off as fake, but not looking choreographed, but still showing that it's not so real that you're, you're losing smooth transitions and the beauty of what they're doing and uh, the story that they're trying to tell. It's, it's so, and, and that's why these guys, um, uh, anybody from the past, from your Ganyas to your Luthazes, Rick Martels, Rick Flares, your Ricky Steamboats, your Dusty Rhodes, I can go on and on, your Magnum TAs, your Tully Blanchers, Aaron Andersons, your Harley Races, like the list is so long. Uh, and these guys that are, have come and gone, like you, we, we have completely bastardized something that they, they spent all their years breaking their bodies for no, no money or making a livelihood, making money, but not retirement money, not these big fat contracts that they make nowadays, uh, just to bastardize what these guys put in place. And, and that's what's infuriating about pro wrestling on today's scene. That, that, really, that really grinds my gears, Scotty. It really grinds. It puts salt in the wound, which is, uh, well, you know what I mean? If you're just looking to get viral and you want to do a stupid spot to get viral, that's great. If you want to get yourself over and make money, I'm all about everybody making a living and making the money. But you're doing it at the expense of professional wrestling so that when you grow up and you have children and they want to follow in your footsteps, you've just made this business a thousand times harder for them because uh, like our, our industry is dying and I don't think that we'll see our industry last uh, another 25 years. And that's, and that is a sad truth is that our industry is about to implode. Uh, all the real wrestling fans are leaving and don't want to watch it. And the new ones that are coming along, it's only something, it's like a music video. They only watch every once in a while. They're not, they're not invested. 
They don't want it. They're just there for the shock value. They're not true fans. They're not going to stick around. So what happens at the end of it? You're going, we're going to end up losing uh, something that a lot of guys have bled, buckets of blood, and have done countless miles on the road and put their heart and soul, like their whole life, including myself, put my whole life, my whole being, my whole entity of how I am into this just to have a kick back in my face um, for my, my, my children, if my son that wants to pursue the same, same dream, same goals. Um, uh, like, it's just, it's sad. It's not even, it doesn't even make me mad anymore. I'm not even bitter at it anymore. I'm actually just sad um, that we're getting to this point that our, our industry is slowly dying. Um, and instead of trying to repair it, um, a lot of guys are just obviously trying to pull away the life support just so that they can get a little bit more life out of their or juice out of their life or their money or their draw for like a hiccup of time instead of thinking about pres- uh, the preservation of it and making more money last longer. Mm. It's like those guys that want to steal from a bank or like how, how, how do you equate it? Like if somebody wants to uh, have that real quick cash grab, or you could work a little bit harder and do a little bit more and have more money along the lines. It's like, basically it's the analogy of give a man a fish for a day. He'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish. He'll eat for a lifetime. And that's unfortunately the problem. Nobody teaches how to fish anymore. All we do is eat the fish and then we're left with nothing. So, and at the end of the day, our business and then yourselves are going to starve to death. That is my rant of the day. That came out of nowhere, but that was awesome. <laughs> that was a perfect analogy. Yeah. Um, but that said, is there, like, you're in there all the time in the wrestling school. You're training new uh, guys and girls in the business. Do you see hope for the future wrestling? Or, like, if you had a magic wand and you could, you know, you're the dictator of all things wrestling, how do you bring the fans back? Like, not the, like you said, not the fans that just want to see crazy shit but the fans that are going to buy a ticket week after week to see um, good professional wrestling, what do you do? I think what it is is, and then we're lining it up now, Scotty, as you know, we're lining it up now where we're going to try, we're going to try to implement it ourselves. Um, It's almost like a test uh, for us as much as it is for the crowds. But the idea is to baby step, start in small towns where they're not so, um, not so jaded by uh, media in their face all the time. Maybe it's a blue collar community where they work hard and stuff like that, earn their money and you have to start slow. And I, I, I do believe that territories contracts have to go away, but they're never going to go away. But if I had my way, there'd be no contracts. You'd have to work on being a draw. Being a draw means that you would actually have to pull people in to make your money, to make it worthwhile. So you would have to put in the effort and you'd have to put in the work. So, and territories have to come back. It's been monopolized by one giant company and then another company that's run by a billionaire. Uh, his son is a billionaire uh, or the, the father is a billionaire and the son has this company and they're both, they're like, there's, you need territory systems. So we are going to try 
and do this with small towns, blue collar, people earn their money, uh, and we're not trying to fool them out of their money. We're not trying to give them something that looks silly that they, they're going to waste their money on. Because a lot of guys know what it's like to be in a fight. I don't want to insult their intelligence with uh, the goofy stuff. I'm going to bring them actual competitive professional wrestling that they can bring their kids to. And, oh, I remember my day, more nostalgic feel, mm-hmm. uh, and bring it back a territory type uh, feel to it where going ahead, we build in baby steps. So we build small towns with small crowds and see if we can build on that with the idea of uh, the ideals of like an NWA or used to be, or a very old, old WWF um, back in the days, the old AWA, which a lot of AWA talent wasn't that great, but like uh, in the early days, it was good. Basically what we're doing is trying to build uh, a reality-based professional wrestling again. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's very much, it's going to be a, uh, it's a guinea pig test. And we're just going to cross our fingers and hope for good things. But if if not, at the end of the day, we've already we already know the answer to the question, anyways. If it's going to work or not, um, this is just a gamble. Just we're just shooting from the hip because at the end of the day, it it might not work, and it it might it it, it could work, but it might not work. And if it doesn't work, we already knew that it wasn't going to work. I don't know how to make this sound positive. <laughs> Because it's not, it's not, it's not, it, this is going to take, this is grueling. This is a real undertaking, um, trying to get this, um, this school, old school vibe company off the ground uh, in a day and age of a circus of choreography and uh, idiocy. You know, we're trying for real. We're trying to, we're trying to bring it back, but yep. we'll see. Yep. It's, uh, no, you got to try and reverse the trend somehow and not going to let it go without a fight. That's for sure. That, well, that's it. Because like uh, we might not reverse it, but we, I am, I sure as hell, I will die on the cross of old school wrestling. I will be up there on that cross, and I don't care. I'll, I'll, I will sacrifice whatever I have to at least, if not, if not reverse it, at least stand my ground uh, as I watch what I love and what I've given my whole life to be bu- uh, butchered and bastardized. I will try my best to at least pull it back, pull back the reins and make it very difficult for it to continue the way it is. It might continue, but at least I'm going to give it a fight. Right on. It, uh, I see potential for sure. And uh, I got my fingers crossed that things can turn themselves around. We can get back to the way things were when wrestling was more mainstream and people were uh, going to wrestling shows regularly. Um, not just that they're not because of the pandemic, but actually, you know, week in, week out, people go in to watch live wrestling events. That's what, uh, you know, the territories were built on. People going to live events and guys were paid based on the house, not just based on ad revenue from TV and, and things like that. Um, definitely a different time. The question for you about the guys from the UK, like this, watching this match from World of Sport kind of jog my... Um, memory of seeing Steven Regal when he first came into WCW that I remember and his, it was, the style was just so different. It was odd. And I didn't quite understand it. Obviously at the time I'm a young guy. Um, now, obviously in hindsight, it makes more sense what he was doing and, and the style and his background, things like that. Uh, what did these, uh, I don't know if you've had any stories about Regal or fit feeling or any of those guys. What do those guys 
think about modern wrestling if you know like are they constantly railing against what's going on are they trying to get people to go more old school or are they kind of going with the flow and adjusting as the uh as things kind of go now i've i've talked to like both guys like i've i've been to pc i've i've done the the tryout with pc and did very well there i've done uh, the cruiserweight classic as you know so regal has always been in there uh i've known fit finley from being on the road and doing uh uh, dark matches for WWE and uh, having him in gorilla position because he was the agent in charge of dark matches and women's wrestling back then. And then being talent, like the, the dude had so much on the go. Um, they are, uh, it's, it's funny. It's hard to, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to put into words because these guys believe in the way I believe. Mm-hmm. And they believe in uh, wrestling the way they did it. And then they, how they sacrificed their bodies and made everything look real. And they're passionate about professional wrestling and they do encourage, they will uh, lend a hand. When, when we did tryouts for dark matches, I always got to work because they all knew my stuff and they always uh, could trust in me to have a good dark match. But um during the afternoon, they would have little sit downs and they would uh, watch matches and we'd all perform matches for them to see if they were going to use somebody else for dark matches. And they would always take the guys aside and educate them a little bit. They would, they like, especially Regal. Regal was a big fan or is such a guy to just really just give a little bit of himself and put himself out there and he would give you little tips and stuff like that why they did things the way they should whereas fit would just yell at you you're gonna grab that hold or not <laughs> <laughs> which is so great but uh that there are two different dynamics um but uh, what it is is they only they only try they only they only give advice if you if you ask they will give it they won't they won't push it on you unless something really bothers them but at the end of the day the industry is so changed and they're just they're just guys that just have a job like anybody else they can't really uh, consume themselves as much as I have with it because their their jobs are on the line. They just have to work uh, Monday to Friday kind of deal and just get the job done, go home. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, I, I know in the back of their head, I know in their minds, I know I've watched them. I've watched the look on their faces when I see a kid get in there and not have proper footing. I've seen them. I've watched Fifth Finley's face. Uh, look up from his phone, see a kid step into the ring and then put his uh, his face down looking at his phone again because he's not going to spend his time with you. If you don't know how to walk properly or step properly in the ring with good footing, he ain't going to work with you or he's not going to pay attention to you because you haven't even done the very bare basics of how to be, how to be an athlete and how to be like a competitive fighter. <laughs> he's right. just not going to look at it. Right. Um, the best was, I remember, Fit used to chain wrestle. Well, this brings up a great story. Fit used to chain wrestle with us uh, in the afternoons when I used to work for WWE. This is 02 to 04. And Fit would get in there, and he's just a hoss, man. He would just beat – watch his stuff with Bobby Lashley uh, back then because they were trying to educate Bobby. And just watch Fit. Uh, just pull him around and beat the snot out of him. It is brilliant to watch. Anyways, fits in there in the middle of the ring. We're working all together. He's just doing a chain wrestling thing where we're just in there working with him. And, of course, I'm soaking it all in because I love Fit Finley's work a lot. So I'm watching him work, and he's doing his thing. And then Sylvain Grenier, 
who was part of La Resistance, who's in the ring. Uh, and then he comes over and he goes to fit. He goes uh, in his French accent. He goes, oh, uh, Mr. Finley, please, uh, my wrist is uh, very sore today. So maybe maybe we chain, maybe no, don't uh, touch my wrist. That's the worst. I'm sorry I butchered you <laughs> so bad. But anyways, he, would, he gets in the middle of the ring and he looks at me. And I catch his eye and we're locked eye to eye. And he gives that half shitty grin that Fit Finley's known for. It's in his promos where he goes, I love to fight. It's that same look. And I mean, he rips into Grenier. He, I, I mean, he beats the snot out of him in a professional wrestling way. But he, he just takes control of that arm. He's bending that wrist all over the place. And then when finally Grenier gets the tag out, Grenier is nowhere to be found. He's, I don't know if he went to the trainer to get like taped <laughs> up or what, what happened, but it was like, just, you just, he's an old school cat. Never tell him what's weak. Yeah. Never tell a guy what's weak. Don't tape up an area and don't think that those old, old school guys aren't going to rip that tape off and beat you up because they will. And it was just, I just, I remember that being such an eye opening moment for me. Um, just knowing that, Fit Finley is a real deal. And if you were going to get in there with them, it's going to feel like you've got to survive and you have to fight in a way. And that's, hey, man, that's, I wish, I wish we had more of them. I wish we had more Fit Finleys, even on the indies. Nice. Yeah, that's old school right there for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that was another episode here. Good long match. Back to, again, as it seems like the more, uh, modern wrestling on TV gets crazier. It drives you to go back more old school with the with the matches we're doing here, which I think is extremely valuable for people, especially young guys and girls getting into the business. Um, anything else you want to mention before we sign off for the day? No, you know what? The only thing I want to say is we're going to take it. We're going to like everybody's asked me like, oh, like review this match, review this match. We will get to some reviews of stuff that you like and get my we'll get my opinion on some things uh, as we go along. Me and Scotty watch for the comments and like when people message us, we will eagerly respond. However, we don't want to leave any kind of wrestling out of the loop. We've gone to Japan. We've gone back in the 50s and 60s. We've gone to the 80s we've done some mainstream uh, like we've done more mainstream like wwe stuff that i liked like the bret hart one had a little bit of Shawn michaels in there i didn't like that one as much but i was just trying to give you contrast between styles mm -hmm. so next week next time we do it next time we get here and we do this our podcast me and scott have already discussed it we are going over the match we're going to mexico there is loot true libre and they're going to think, Oh God, here we go. Tyson doesn't like that flippy stuff. Yes, this is true. I'm not a fan of the flippy stuff, uh, but I am a fan. If flippy stuff is done in the right context, the right order, the right spot, the right moves. So next week, I got a really good one for you. It is from CMLL. I cannot wait to get on that with you guys. I think it's going to be one of these ones that everybody's really going to enjoy. And I think it's one of those ones that's kind of gotten forgotten about and we're going to hit it next week. So yeah, just think about all the Mexican wrestling that you can think of uh, and just get ready. Cause I'm going to blow your minds next week. 
Right on. Looking forward to that. Stay tuned for more. Probably be out uh, early next week is what I'm thinking. Uh, so that will do it for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, and you're listening on YouTube, leave them down below in the comments section. Hit subscribe. Hit that notification bell as well so you get uh, updates as soon as they come out. If you're listening on a podcast network, iTunes, Spotify, anything like that, you can send us feedback, comments, questions to hammerlockpodcast at gmail.com or you send them directly to Tyson on Twitter at Tyson Dukes. You can also send them to at hammerlockpod. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you.